welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. So we've been through quite a lot already here in Esther. Esther's become queen. But in the previous days that we've talked about, Haman has hatched this amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing plan to exterminate all of the Jews in the land of Persia. Mm -hmm. He has gotten the king's signet ring. Yes. Um, The king wasn't really paying much attention to what was going on. It doesn't seem like it, which I think is kind of crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because this is getting rid of a whole people group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Remember, he, would, he didn't present it as this whole entire people right. group. He said, right. there are, there's this group of people. There's this group of people. Yeah. So technically, right. that is yeah. a people group, but that's not exactly how it was how presented. It was presented. Yeah. Haman was definitely deceitful on that part. Mm, I, I yeah. think so, yeah. And, yeah. But I do think, too, the king must have trusted him. I'm not sure what their relationship was completely, but for some reason, the king did trust him, and it never seemed to occur to him that he would do something against the king's best interest. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so this so what he, the king does is he goes, here's my signet ring. All y'all take care of it. Yeah. This is good. Do what you need to do. The edict is distributed to mm. all of the provinces of Persia in the capital of Susa. And in all their native languages. So everybody mm. understands it. Yeah. A day has been chosen for this to happen, and the people are bewildered, mm. walking around stunned. And that brings us to... That brings us to Esther 4, verses 1 through 15, 14, 14, Mm -hmm. Um, reading from the NIV. When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate, because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs assigned to attend her, and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death, unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But thirty days have passed since I was called to go to the king.' 
When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer, Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I love that phrase, for right. such a time as this. Yes. And that's like a key phrase in Esther. Mm-hmm. A lot of people pull that one out. Mm-hmm. That's the one you'll hear probably most connected with this book, yeah. this story. So now what are they going to do? You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine all the Jews in the city. They're, they've torn their clothes. They're wailing. They're, they've put ashes all over themselves. Um, that would make me cry, but go ahead. <laughs> it's kind of a... I mean, I'm sure there were quite a few Jews in the city of Susa. Yes. So this isn't just Mordecai doing this. They're all doing it. Um, You would think that that might have reached the ears of the king. Yeah. But apparently not. Well, think about how insulated the king has proven himself to be Well, previously. Out of touch, kind of. Yeah. Absolutely. Head in the sand, kind of, yeah, whatever. Amen, you take care of it. I can't be bothered. Right. Plus, nobody can be in the presence of the king with a sad face. Oh, that's Um, right. Mordecai couldn't walk in with sackcloth and ashes Mm -hmm. because, wow, that would be sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's done quite a bit. But the thing is, too, that Haman should have seen. Haman knows that Mordecai is connected to Esther. Yeah. So Haman should have been able to see that he is pronouncing death for the queen. He should have known that. Do you think that Haman knows that Mordecai is Esther's guardian? Yeah, I kind of thought not. I I didn't think so either. But couldn't he have, he should have been seeing, Mordecai keeps talking to Esther. But there were lots of people who went and spoke to their... Okay. They're women folk, for yeah. lack of a better term. <laughs> well, sisters, sure. daughters, you know, whatever that were that were there. So I would imagine he just, and since he was normally by the mm-hmm. the by gate, the gate. Yep. yeah, he probably never thought anything about and it. There's a lot of messaging between eunuchs and. Um, I was going to say maids, female attendants yeah. that are going back and forth. Like he's not talking to her directly. Yeah. Sending messages maybe through um, okay. the yeah. attendants and stuff rather than as much face to face. Now he did go speak to her directly in the past mm-hmm. because it talks about how he went to the wall every day to speak with her. Mm-hmm. Um, right? I mean, yeah. it does. Yeah. Every day. So, um, but I would think that. You know, if you're used to seeing someone there, then you yeah. don't question what they're doing because he's hanging out at the gate, and so that's just what he does. And yeah, no, 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 no. He's just hanging out at the gate and talking to the queen every day. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, if you're a fixture, yes, somewhere, oh, you wouldn't pay as much attention. You just, yeah, they, you just blend in. Yeah, I'm just gonna say, Haman the bad guy isn't really bright in terms of <laughs> seeing the field. So I'm just thinking that the leaders here that are supposed to be leading this great nation yeah. are not so aware of things. I agree. Definitely not. Yeah. Unless it's in their immediate sphere. doesn't bother them. Yeah, I think we're all kind of like that. One of the um, things I noticed, and I, I just didn't understand at first why um, Mordecai wouldn't take the clothes, but... 
um, to get out of a sack, you know, um, sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes. And I'm just thinking because I thought he just wants to make everyone know that he's in mourning and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know, like, why did she want him to take clean clothes? I mean, no big deal. But so he could come in to the court yard. I didn't ever think of that before. Mm -hmm. I just thought like she just wanted him to, oh, don't embarrass me or you know, get, get dressed, don't make such a big deal out of this. Um, but it's, I think she wanted him to be able to come in to talk to her. Right. And that he, but he wouldn't do it. Right. Not gonna. Well, one of the questions in the homework was, why do you think that Mordecai might have felt especially burdened? Remember, he started all this by refusing to bow down and oh, honor yeah. Haman. So I'm sure he had a great sense of responsibility for what was going on. Um, I'm sure he was devastated mm-hmm. um, to think that he, not that his actions, you know, I'm sure he felt he did the right thing by not bowing down, but still it's a pretty big consequence that not only he, but his whole people would suffer. Well, and he says, um, you and your father's family, that's him. <laughs> yeah, that is. Him. He is yeah. his father's family. Mm-hmm. Oh, when so, he's talking to Esther? Yes. Yeah. And saying, hey, you got it. you're in this yeah. game here. Let's so, go. He's responsible for the all the people, but in particular, her, her. death yeah. and his own. But I do love his faith where he says, you know, if you don't step up, God will find somebody else. Yeah. Um, so he gave her a choice. How many times does God give us a choice? Always. Yeah. 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 Because we have free will. Mm-hmm. You know, he allows us that choice. So his works will be accomplished. Mm-hmm. It's just, are we going to play or not? Yeah. Do you want to be a part, be a part of, of it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which we all know there's nothing more exciting than being a part of what God is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a privilege to be able to participate in his work. Um, and then when you see something that you could have done that you chose not to do, it's a kind of a wound, you know. That, oh, I could have been a part of that. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd been a part of that. Mm-hmm. It's scary sometimes, too, though. You know, think about Esther be, here. Yeah. Um, I've just been thinking about, like, why she told Mordecai, gave Mordecai the clothes, you know, and said, put these clothes on or whatever, um, sent the clothes to him. And I think part of it is... I think part of it is like, pull yourself together, man. (laughs) You know, you're not going to do any good here Mm -hmm. by behaving this way. And yes, it's tragic, but what are we going to do about it? Get yourself together and do something. Plus, I could be exposed. Right. Don't give us away. You are going to do much more good for us if you are up and functioning as a member of society. So pull it together, man. And I don't think Esther knew what had been going on between Haman and Mordecai either that Mordecai wasn't bowing to Haman, and that Haman knew that Mordecai was a Jew. I don't think she knew that yet. Mm. She, I don't don't know that she knew. So it's like, okay, let's close it up here. So there are all these missing connections. So we don't think Haman knows that Esther and Mordecai are connected. We don't think Esther knows that Haman and Mordecai are connected. Mm -hmm. So we're miss is that right? So we're missing that connection of the triangle. 
Yeah, well, a whole that can happen too when something huge happens like this. Right. There's all this confusion, like like who's with this? Who's with this? Why is this? Wait, what? You know, people trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. We refer to that as the right hand not talking to the left hand. Well, yes. and remember, no yeah. cell phones, no telephone, no texting, no none of the things that keep us connected. They had eunuchs. Yeah, but Esther's oh, sort of <laughs> <laughs> Esther's kind of secluded up there in the harem. She is. You know, mm-hmm. and so she is depending on other people. It's kind of like that big game of telephone. Go talk to so and so and find out what he says. And so then you go and you get it and you come back and you say, Well, he said this, this, and this. Well, yeah, that's a tough way to pass information. Yeah. And if you don't know what to ask because you're so insulated, you don't know until somebody actually comes yeah. to tell you and then imagine how those poor eunuchs and handmaids must have felt like hey just so you know like Mordecai and all the Jews are gonna be dead maybe still not knowing that she's Jewish right yeah, so that's actually what Hathak did. Hathak or yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. H-Man. No, it can't be H-Man because we have a Haman. So Hathak, <laughs> um, he's one of the king's unit, eunuchs. Right. He came in. Wait, why does the king need a eunuch? To communicate with his harem. Thank you. Okay, that would be it. Because I'm like, why would that matter for the king? But yeah. got it. Okay, one of the king's eunuchs. So he came in and um, Hathak told everything, including the amount of money that Haman had provided. Mm-hmm. Said that he was going to pay. Which was not public knowledge. That was not included in the edict because the king just said, don't worry about it. You don't need that. Uh, so there point. had to have been some scuttlebutt around somewhere for Mordecai to know Mm -hmm. that Haman even offered all of this vast money. Yeah, that's interesting. How did Mordecai know that? Right. Well, we don't know if Mordecai knew that. We knew that Hathak Hathak knew it, one of the eunuchs. And he probably could have been in the room when they were having that conversation. No, it says no, Mordecai, Mordecai told him everything. He did tell yeah, him everything. He did okay, tell him. Including, including the exact amount of money. That's interesting. Yeah. How did Mordecai... Okay, I won't do this. Now I'm feeling like Nancy Drew here. It's like, how do we know <laughs> that he knew this? <laughs> I can get myself so lost. But I'm more like Columbo. I ask like a thousand <laughs> questions and then it's like, what? <laughs> Is that the one that had the lollipop? No. I don't know who he was. Tell us about us, but yeah. I don't remember what his character was. I was going to say, we'll get you a lollipop. Yeah, he always maybe if you, yeah. <laughs> oh, Help you cogitate Columbo had a Co- terrible Kojak. Kojak? Kojak. Kojak. There you go. Oh, that's dating us. How do I know don't that? Don't do that. I don't even know those. No. <laughs> so, so you're right. Then it was the amount of the money, a copy of the text of the edict. So this is the exact wording. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is clearly what's going down. This is the information. So at least Esther now has that information. Um, I, it's a really no big deal, but it is in here. So um, to show to Esther and to explain it to her. So is it written in a language she doesn't know? Can she not read it? Um, I took that to mean like, here it is in plain sight, in plain writing. You don't have to take it from a third party. Right, right. It's right here. Yeah. This is exactly what's going on. Imagine how shocking it was to hear that. So mm-hmm. I, I, one of my things, if I hear shocking information, it's like, okay, wait, what's going on? I want to know. I'm going to ask 100 questions. Yeah. I'm going to try to understand it more than what's on the paper. 
Mm-hmm. Is it? I mean, is that a response you guys do too? Like when you get like shocking information, do you just take it in? Like some people might just take it in. Not me. I'm like, I, I want to know, know where'd you hear that? Yeah, where'd right. that come from? Yeah. Where's your source? Well, so now this is an official edict. Mm-hmm. So she at least has that covered. Yeah. And like, what exactly was said? Right. Right. What exactly. Yeah. What was the wording? Mm-hmm. So what's helpful is again, she's mm-hmm. got it in front of her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My thought is, who thought this would be a good idea? That would definitely be one mm-hmm. of my questions. What had to seem pretty unbelievable to her. Yeah. They're going to annihilate us? Why? Why? Yeah. What reason would there be for that? So I would say she would want something. She would need something. Maybe she needed to have it explained to her. Right. Um, what was going on between Haman and Mordecai. Maybe that was part of the explanation. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't bow down to him. I wouldn't give him honor. And now he's decided he's encouraged the king to just kill us all. Crazy. Which is a really hard answer to take in. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if someone came to us and said, okay, Christians, um, on the 27th, they're going to come and kill you all just because you're Christians. Would people really believe that? Or would you say, what? Right. That's part of the bewilderment that was happening. People were walking around having no idea. Mm -hmm. They they just couldn't imagine it. They couldn't fathom it. There's no context. No context for that. Yeah. Like us, we're we're in our culture. We're in our society. In other countries, that might not be so shocking. Right. But here... But here, it really would be because we're part of our culture and Mm -hmm. our country, just like the... The Jews that were living in Susa, I'm sure, were a part of the culture. They'd been there a long time. Yeah, and they weren't like singled out living in a corner of the city. They were a part of the whole thing. They'd already been taken captive. Yeah, like it would be like that. It would be so. Why would would they do that now? Why would they kill us now? Yeah, we've been living here for exactly how long? And now? And so Esther's positioned in a very unique place. She's in the palace. She is the queen. Mm-hmm. And Mordecai is telling her, you need to step up. And she's like, I will be killed. <laughs> yeah. And Mordecai says, that's going to happen anyway mm-hmm. if you don't step up. That yeah. was a real yeah. short version of Esther, wasn't yeah. it? Yes, it yeah. was. Step up, can't, dead, yes. <laughs> but she doesn't turn away from that challenge. Right. Even though she's a little hesitant or uneasy or unsure at first, she comes to a point where she says, okay, you go get everybody to pray and fast for me, um, and then let's see. You know, I have been thinking of Esther as kind of a nice, sweet, soft-spoken, just a beautiful woman, and, and everyone loved her and all that, and I kind of think of her as like this fragile little butterfly, this pretty little... Mm-hmm. I don't think so. And as I read further, I think we're going to find out she's a little tougher than I have been giving her credit, for. Her credit for. And I think she's... Um, it's pretty interesting to me. She's not backing down because that's not who she is. Yeah. She pleased the king, and on one night... Got to be the queen. Yeah, I she's mean, smart she's, enough to pull yeah, a lot of things. She off. is yeah. more than I have given her credit for in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, or she was an orphan, right? My mom's an orphan. She grew up in an orphanage until she was twelve, um, and we kind of think of my mom as sort of a fragile little thing. Mm-hmm. Now at eighty-seven, she sort of is. Yeah, but. But she really is a toughie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't grow up without parents. Even though Mordecai took her in, 
it it changes who you are. You know, you yeah. have a, a strength that sees you through. Because I look at my mom, and you know, we we all laugh. My brother and my sister and I that um, when she sets her mind to something, that's it. There's not any move in or off of that. And I think part of that is that that tensile strength that's in her because mm. it was just her and God for a long time. Mm. And so she knows how to she knows how to get through stuff. I wonder, you know, Mordecai says you and your father's family will perish. She is not she is an orphan. Mm-hmm. And so that I think when he says that is kind of um almost manipulating her to be like, listen, your parents aren't even here anymore. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Is this where you want your father's family to, to end? end? Yeah. Like, is it going to be with you? Talk about putting the screws to you. <laughs> <laughs> but she might have needed it at that point. Right. How terrifying was this? Yeah. And it's almost like a slap. Like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, hey. Wake up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. L- take a look. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. This is what it, mm-hmm. this is the exp- explanation. Yeah. This is the part, the extra part you need to really be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God is never mentioned by name here, but he says, you know, um, who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Like, Mm -hmm. do you not see that God is going to use you right here in the position that you're in? That he put you there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for us, that kind of comes to us. We've been positioned. We've been put in a royal position. We're a daughter of the king. And how do we walk out and how do we respond when he says things? And we just looking at our position in our families, in the grocery store, mm-hmm. how do we respond? Mm-hmm. What do we do? I think we forget that a lot. You know, we, 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 we need to carry that um, truth mm-hmm. in our hearts all the time, that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, God has brought us to that place for a reason, that we're never anywhere just by accident. Um, But I think we get caught up in the busyness of our day and we lose that sense of purpose. So I think it's good. That's one thing that fellowship does is it reminds us who are we um, and who we are in Christ. What would it be like if we walked... (laughs) Okay, so if we walk through life thinking, knowing that we are the daughter of the king... Mm -hmm. So first off, my thought would be, yes, you can bow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. I started laughing like, now how fun is the grocery store going to be, you know? But make but, way. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me the beauty treatments. <laughs> right. But it's like if, if we had that responsibility mm-hmm. of being a daughter of a king, if we held on to that and went, these are his people. These are people that I'm positioned to care for. Yeah. That's the correct position of a king or the daughter of a king. And we've probably distorted it a bit. Um, in the human realms and thinking that way. But really, it's a, it's a position of service. Mm-hmm. When I think of um, Jesus, we go to the church of Kensington, and one of the remarkable things about Kensington when I was first there was that the people who were the managers and the higher up were always asking to serve the people who helped mm-hmm. them. So, And that's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He came as the king, and what did he do? He came and he served, and he served, and he cared for his people. I think it really shows us in terms of position mm-hmm. that we are positioned very intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if we could wake up every day and say, okay, Lord, open my eyes to see what you would have me do in any given circumstance or with any of the people that I come in contact with today, um, 
I think that we would be amazed at how much different our day would look like. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I've had people, one of the things I love about people testifying, you know, telling stories about what they've been through or what they've experienced with God. I had a friend one time who got up and she told about, she was driving down to Ohio and there was a car pulled over on the side of the road and she felt like she should pull over. So she pulls over and the guy's having a heart attack. And so she's able to pray with the man and his wife and you know they get him back in the car and to the hospital. He's he's recovers, he's fine. Um but I remember I heard that story and I thought, gosh Lord, that's so awesome. I would love to have something like that where my eyes would be open enough and I would hear you enough that I might see a car or whatever it might be. And then um I was out jogging about a week later, and there was a car pulled over on the side of the road, and I felt a prompting to just go mm. over there. And the precious little woman was sitting in the car with her hands on the steering wheel and her head down on her hands, sobbing her heart out. And um, so I knocked on the window. I thought, oh, yes, this one's for me. Um, and she rolled her window down. Now she's and, scared. <laughs> no, no, she, no. she so was so Angie. overwhelmed. And, you know, I'm in my jogging clothes. I don't think she was, had anything to be afraid of. Um, but her car had broken down, and she was late for work and just all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. And so I, I prayed with her, and we actually got her car started. And um, she needed help. She couldn't remember from where she'd pulled off the road. She didn't remember how to get back to where she was working. So I rode with her because I knew where she, you know, where she was talking about. I got her to the house and then I got out and I finished my jog. But wow. for weeks it was like, oh my gosh, Lord, that was so incredible. Such an awesome feeling mm. to really know that you you put me in right in the perfect spot at just the right time to to pray with that woman. I loved yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So I think it is important for us to be reminded um, that God has reasons for what He does. And if we just go with it, if we can trust Him enough to just go with it, incredible things will happen. I mean, that's not, yeah. you know, I didn't lay hands on somebody and no. they got healed, but, pretty incredible. but it was a pretty awesome mm-hmm. feeling to be a part of praying with that woman. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I would like to think that I get up every day and do that, but I, I forget. Think about the adventure, though. But what an adventure yes. life with God would be if we did do that. And to know, um, even just like, and I'm going to go to you, Suzanne, learning sign language doesn't really translate right now on the podcast, but with your diligence with that, in the future, God has something positioned for you. God has, mm-hmm. he will be putting you in a position. So what may look like, okay, this doesn't connect necessarily with what I need right now. Mm-hmm. It's okay. He's He's done all these things with Esther all this time. There's this faithfulness that she's had, and he has been positioning her all along. All along, right. yeah. Well, I can tell you right now, something that um, sign language has done for me is I can yell at my children that I do not like to do the dishes in sign language. <laughs> oh, I so want to learn that. Three languages now, I can Ooh, yell at them that wow. I do not want to do the dishes. So, And how's that working for you? <laughs> you know, last night I stood in the middle of the kitchen, yeah. I got home, and uh, my children had piled the sink full of dirty dishes, and I stood and yelled in three languages, I don't like to do the dishes, wash the dishes. And did they? <laughs> and they did. All right. Awesome. I'm going to tell everybody, I'm going to just do whatever emotions I do, and then I'm going to tell the family, that's the same way we just get these dishes get done. These dishes. And I'll tell you, here's the thing, 
Like I really was mad because I actually had just come home from taking my final (laughs) and (laughs) my husband is out of town. And so I have these two fully capable teenage Mm -hmm. children Mm -hmm. who left their dirty dishes in the sink. And I do not like a dirty dish in the sink. I do not like a dirty dish in the sink. Um, But I, I was mad and I told them before I got home, Make sure you have your dishes done, and they weren't done no way. because they're mm. teenagers. They're teenagers, and, you know, teenagers. Yeah, it's what it is. Yeah. Um, but I was mad. But since I was able to do it in three different languages, it really lightened the mood. <laughs> it did. I love that. I'm going to start yeah. using sign language, cute. and I'm going to tell. It's not going to be real sign language. I'm just going to tell people I'm learning from Suzanne. <laughs> so all of you no, are free to do I'm that. Drag my name through the mud. <laughs> She'll be probably saying bad words if she doesn't even know what she's saying. I should tell you right now, and it it will be on record, I am not qualified to interpret nor teach sign language. At oh this my point goodness! In my I own. just thought about this. I could interpret sign language. Oh, oh Rosemary! I don't. Oh. I don't know it. But why would that stop me? I don't know Spanish either, and I interpret that and German too. I'm like, well, so much bilingual. Those commercials or those little um, videos, and it's a guy on the sidelines saying. You know, whatever. Like, okay, you know, hot one, hot two, hot three. Right. Yeah. But they put in different Oh, they put words. in other words. Yeah. yeah lip syncing. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. what you could do. You could do that. Right? <laughs> My favorite one was, uh, who's the coach of Michigan? John, ja- Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. I want cake. I really want cake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Wait, oh, I've done that. Wait, Wait, I've already done that a lot of times. We're in Germany. Omi was with her brother and they were talking and I heard Nichtverstand, which is like, I don't understand. I go, oh, let me. And so I started interpreting <laughs> and Uncle Heinz, who doesn't speak English, was like, what? What's going on? Because <laughs> Omi's dying. Oh, my yeah, I don't let language oh, stop funny. me. Oh, no, don't. No, no. Well, we have veered way away from Esther just here. a bit. So... Um, just remember that we are all placed where we're supposed to be by God and that we just need to have our eyes open so that we are aware that such a time as this. And go on that adventure. Yeah. See what God has for you today. That's right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, does somebody want to pray for us as we wind things up? Sure, I'll pray. Okay. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought us together for such a time as this. Lord, we love walking with you and knowing you and being in relationship with you. And we love knowing one another and being sisters in Jesus. Father, I pray for everyone that's listened today that you will open their eyes to see what you have for them. Show them the great purpose and plans that you have for their lives, Father. And Lord, we thank you that you are a God who reveals himself, who woos us and loves us and never gives up on us. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray that your blessing will be on everyone that's listening um, and that their eyes will be open to who you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 And cut. (laughs) 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 Ha, 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 ha.